0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant with me as always, um, which makes the stuff you should know. Yes, indeed. It's the stuff you should know. <laughs> yeah. It's our theme song. Nice job. Thank you. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I feel like we just did this.
0: I'm looking forward to this show. Are you? Yeah, because it touches on parts of Atlanta and in in its history, which I always love.
1: Sure. And not just Atlanta, man, all over the states. All over the states. Chuck. Yes. As uh, the immortal David Byrne put it, you may find yourself <laughs> living in a shotgun shack. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself in another part of the world. Mm-hmm. I think even David Byrne didn't realize what he was saying when he put those two lines together. Yeah. I think he meant them to contrast with one another. Yeah. But really, if you found yourself in a shotgun shack in, say, the beginning of the 19th century, you probably were experiencing both. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't tip, so. No, he doesn't. Who cares what he says? That's crazy. <laughs> um, so, Chuck, you remember Hurricane Katrina? Sure. Um, it killed, I believe, 1,800 people. Wow. That is a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, in addition to all the loss of life and property, was a uh, real worry about loss of a uh, very um, specific type of architecture. Yeah. The shotgun house. Yep. And the reason, even though you can find it everywhere, from Key West to Chicago to San Francisco, all over the place, you Atlanta. can find shotgun mm-hmm. houses, Atlanta. Um, the reason why people were worried about losing it in New Orleans is because, as far as the United States goes, that is where it was born. That's right. And the whole reason anybody would even worry about a shotgun house, if you've ever seen one, you might think, why would anyone care about losing old shotgun houses? is because they are routinely cited as the great possibly greatest contribution by African-Americans to American-specific architecture and design.
0: And not only that, responsible for the bringing together, in many ways, mm-hmm. of the African-American communities yeah. due to their things that we're going to talk about. I was going to ruin it.
1: Th- um, thank you for saving <laughs> it. That was good, man. Okay. Um You've surely seen a shotgun house.
0: Yeah, let's talk about just some of the features so I, people know we're talking about. I think we should, about. yeah,
1: because there's probably plenty of people out there. And people who have seen them and don't know what we're talking about, you're about to go, oh, <laughs> if you haven't seen them, then go on to HowStuffWorks.com and type in what's a shotgun house, and you will find yeah. some images of shotgun houses in this article that I wrote. That's true. You wrote this? Years and years ago. I don't think I knew that. Yeah.
0: Nice job. A uh, shotgun house is long and narrow. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, they won't have windows on the side of the house.
1: Although, in researching this, I saw plenty that do. So I did, too. That almost some, like a throwaway sentence. Sometimes
0: they do, don't.
1: Yes. And the reason why is because they're often really close together. Sure. Like, I mean, like a foot. Yeah. A couple of feet. You can maybe walk without turning between two houses. Yeah. But that's it.
0: Exactly. Um, they uh, Well, you just said they were close to one another. Um, they have high ceilings. They, very few of them had indoor plumbing at first. Yeah. Um, that was usually brought on later um, and tacked onto the rear of the house, mm-hmm. sometimes crudely. Uh, typically, what you have is a living room, bedroom, bedroom, kitchen, all in a row, mm-hmm. all in a straight line, all the doors lining up, interior doors lining up.
1: Right. So when the front and back doors open, you can see clear through the house. Yep. Which is one of the reasons why a lot of people think it, it got its name. You could shoot a, a gun or a shotgun yeah. through the front door, and it would exit out the back door without hitting a single wall.
0: And it would hit the house behind it.
1: Right. Or kill, some kill poor kill sap who's coming <laughs> in for to visit. And, and
0: like you point out, Josh, it's a cute story, and it's all over the place. I bet you there are many, many tours of New Orleans mm-hmm. that say that story's true. Yeah.
1: May or may not be. It probably isn't. Yeah. Um. What else is what else is specific about shotgun houses chuck? Uh
0: they aside from being uh, modest homes, they uh have certain architectural uh flourishes that yeah. make them uh, distinctive. Um I think the idea was kind of like, you know, uh, we may be poor and not have the biggest house, but we can certainly adorn the uh the vent uh, venting grates and right. and uh what the, the the arbor that held up the Not the The arbor. Brackets. Brackets that held up the roof.
1: Uh Uh-huh. They would be intricately carved, usually in a gingerbread design, um, which a lot of people kind of criticized or poo-pooed that addition um, as uh, poor blacks or even before that slaves Mm -hmm. just trying to emulate whites. Um, which is not the case because right. if you trace, so the shotgun house finds its origins in the U.S. and New Orleans. That's right. But if you go even further back, you'll find older ones on Haiti. And then even further back, you will find something that looks startling, startlingly similar um, in West Africa. And in the Yoruba tongue, the these houses are called togun, which yeah. means house in Yoruba, or shogun, which means God's house. So probably that's where the name comes from, by the way, is Togun or Shogun from the Yoruba dialect, right? Which I love. Um, But in these houses, they also had like intricate details, but they were more of an African motif. Over time here in the United States, they adopted gingerbread or- um Victorian. Yeah. Yeah. Different kinds of carvings. But it, it is very cool. It's kind of like this is a very modest, straightforward house, but there's also pretty neat little details. Right. It's we cool. can still have like great pride in
0: it. Exactly. Um, they were usually in New Orleans, they were typically a few feet off the ground uh, because of the obvious flooding problems there. Yeah. Um, and this I found, and it seems believable to me, but I didn't have time to triple check it. Um, at the time, property
1: taxes were based on frontage. Still are, man. Are they? In New Orleans. If you have a house, mm-hmm. you're paying uh, by the, um, the frontage.
0: Which is the width of your house.
1: Yes. And if you are looking at a shotgun house, it's very narrow, but it's long. Right. Um, and the number of rooms. Okay, yeah. And in New Orleans- I um, thought they
0: changed it to the number of rooms. They added that on?
1: Yeah, it's both. Okay. Uh, and in New Orleans, uh, rooms include hallways and closets, and you're not going to find a hallway or That's a right. closet in a shotgun house. So it's also another way to um i guess keep your property taxes low as well well
0: and and I found that they originally it was just frontage and then so they started building the camelbacks, which is a shotgun house with a second story on the rear of the house only mm-hmm. and then that's when the city said, oh well, we should tack rooms onto this as well because right. these smart people have found a way around paying as much you know property tax right.
1: Pretty smart. Yeah, it does. It makes it makes sense.
0: And I also found that the first mention in print calling them shotgun houses was in our very own Atlanta Journal Constitution. Is that right? In nineteen oh three a classified ad may have been the first time that it was actually named that in print. And it was like shotgun house twelve dollars a month rent. Yeah. Twelve bucks.
1: That's not too bad. But you could get a shotgun house about that time, a kit for a hundred bucks.
0: Yeah. Um, They also allow for good airflow, too, I wanted to mention. Yeah. Because you can open up the front and back doors and you got a straight shot.
1: Well, that's one of the reasons why they were adopted in Haiti. Not everybody in Haiti was from West Africa, but that became the predominant style, this West African design house, because it fit in really well with the tropics. Sure. And New Orleans. Right. So, well, it made its way from Haiti to New Orleans because of the – well, indirectly because of the French Revolution, right? So French Revolution – takes place, and you've got um, liberty, egality, fraternity yeah. to all people, that put French planners in Haiti in kind of a pickle because they couldn't grant liberty to their slaves because they wouldn't have any profits any longer. Right. So as they're figuring this out, they're trying to figure out what to do, a guy named Toussaint Louverture makes the decision for him and leads a slave uprising that lasts for many years. And basically drives all of the uh, white plantation owners from the island of Haiti, one of the places that they went. And then Haiti became the first um, recognized sovereign maroon nation of freed slaves, revolting slaves, um, which is pretty cool. But that also led to, if you go back and listen to our voodoo podcast, a deep and abiding suspicion um, by whites of Haiti, all things Haiti from that point on. Right. Um, but so the, this uh, slave uprising that led to the um, the freeing of Haiti also led to the white populating of New Orleans. Right. So about that time, if you went to New Orleans, there were about twelve thousand people, and a third of them were slaves, mm-hmm. a third of them were white, and then a third of them were free blacks. Right. So it's this real melting pot. Um, and one of the place, one of the things that came about from that was people fleeing Haiti bringing the shotgun houses with them right and then it just kind of it was always African American um, and it was always associated with African Americans and it just kind of spread from there to where if you if you came across a working-class African-american neighborhood like in Chicago or something like that right you're going to see shotgun houses right
0: or Atlanta like I've mentioned many times mm-hmm. uh, if if you are local then you can see these kinds of houses in like the sweet Auburn district, Cabbage Town, uh, and I think Cabbage Town were, they were houses for factory workers. Yeah. For the nearby cotton mill loft and uh, yes. factories.
1: Yeah, it changed hands. Um, also, you're going to find them uh, directly across the street from Martin Luther King's birthplace. That's right. Um, in the King Memorial area. The, yeah. the whole park is, um, there's still people that live in them. Oh, yeah. And they've
0: been pretty well preserved over the yeah.
1: years. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. But those were like late 19th century built. But it did kind of transition from. African American only to working class of all colors. Yeah, the shotgun house became kind of an emblem of the working class as much uh, as African Americans. Now, is a
0: is a row house the same thing, or is a row house just
1: no? Those are side by side, like touching. Sometimes all forming one large building. Okay, but then maybe different gables differentiating right. them. So,
0: and a shotgun sh- a shotgun story. house, could be a row house. But a row house can't be a shotgun house. Because doesn't row house indicate, like, the proximity to one another more mm-hmm. than the style of the house? Or does it? No, I think it's both. Is it? Okay. Yeah.
1: And then uh, the shotgun house is not supposed to be confused with the railroad house either. Yeah. Which is it, you enter and there's a long hallway from front to back and yeah. then off of the hallway are rooms. Yeah, like my a, friend, a rail car.
0: Uh, apartments. My friend Meredith in, New York, in Brooklyn lives in a railroad apartment. Okay. Which was always a little weird because, like... In order for, like, when I would stay there, I would stay in the living room, mm-hmm. and when someone had to go to the bathroom, they would have to walk through the, you know, living room to the oh, kitchen yeah. to get to the bathroom. It's always awkward. Yeah. Or she could go outside through the hallway. Right. And then come back in, because she had two doors to her apartment. Gotcha. It
1: still does. Yeah. Hi, Meredith. <laughs> so, Chuck, we were talking about where else they spread. There's um, also a lot of them in Oklahoma, especially southern Oklahoma. Oh, really? Yeah. And one of the reasons why is because southern Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Territory, um, before it became a state, was a free black area. Oh. And uh, a lot of blacks traveled to Oklahoma to move to Oklahoma to be free. Right. And a lot of uh, runaway slaves, Maroons is what they were called, formed and integrated with um, Native American tribes like the Seminoles. Right. And when these five civilized tribes, I'm making air quotes like furiously. Yeah. Um, were moved to the Oklahoma Territory. Um, a lot of blacks went with them and shotgun houses showed up alongside the whole thing. Awesome. And there's like all black towns or formerly all black towns in southern Oklahoma where it's like shotgun houses everywhere. Wow. Yeah. So, Chuck, if you ask me, I feel like now we've reached the point where this is the fact of the show. And I, I, I know you're excited about this one.
0: Well, it's cool. They, it, um, It's one of the reasons I talked about why the cultural legacy of the shotgun home had a lot to do with bringing together the African-American community Mm -hmm. is because of a little something called the front porch.
1: Yeah. They didn't exist in the United States before the shotgun house brought it along.
0: So shotgun houses are typically, I mean, a lot of them actually were so far forward that they were on the sidewalk. Yeah. But the ones that weren't had a few feet of grass and then a front porch to hang out on and... In a small house, you're going to congregate on the front porch, and in the evenings, if your neighbor's on our front porch five feet from you, mm-hmm. and they're five feet from another one, mm-hmm. then what you have is a big old friendly cultural block party going on right, every evening.
1: And the porch is made, it's a spandrel, I guess, of the um, overhanging roof. And then if you add the fact that in New Orleans, like you said, they were built off of the ground some, yeah. you have to build steps to go up to it, and then you have... Just buy – you have a de facto porch, and then, yeah, you add a bunch of them together, and there you go. So we didn't have porches. So, like, these huge wraparound porches on old, like, plantation mansions. Right. Stoops in New York. Like, all of this stuff can be traced back to the shotgun house. Really? Yeah. That's crazy.
0: And thank you for that, shotgun house builders. So (laughs) – Because one of my favorite things is the front porch
1: or the back porch. Good good porch is – it's very important. yeah. Yeah you know, shotgun houses started to wane in the 20s. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't until fairly recently that we knew the history of shotgun houses, that architects um, went back and, and art historians went back and figured out where this all came from and traced it step by step. I mean, it was within the last, like, couple of decades. Wow. Um, and they were like, okay, we found some shotgun houses, and these are really old, and they date them. And they'd be like, okay, New Orleans is the birthplace. And then somebody'd be like, oh, have you been to Port-au-Prince? Like they got some that are really, really old there. And then right. they traced them back. And then somebody figured out that they were from West Africa, but the it, new construction in the United States waned in the twenties. And like I said, about the turn of the last century, you could get a kit for about a hundred bucks, which That's also crazy. made them really good, cheap housing for labor. Yeah. Um, if you had like a work camp, you like probably had a shotgun house, and cabbage down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they were also really good for disaster relief. Specifically, they made a big appearance in the San Francisco earthquake of 1906.
0: Well, yeah, they needed to put up displaced people, and when you can build a house for a hundred bucks, then you do so
1: exactly. And um, when it can be prefabricated and then taken apart in like six large parts, yeah put on a train and sent somewhere and then put back together within like a couple hours. It's like a Waffle House. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> like a Waffle House. As a matter of fact, I think you can go on a limb and say, we wouldn't have the Waffle House without the Shotgun House.
0: <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, little Pop Culture. Yeah. You already mentioned David Byrne. Yeah. Uh, Coogs, John Mellencamp, <laughs> my boy Coogs, Pink Houses was about a Shotgun House. Apparently, as legend has it, he was driving on a busy main road and he- Saw this old black guy sitting on the front porch of his little pink shotgun house, gave him, gave him a wave, and he said he just looked like he was as happy as could be sitting out on his porch. Nice. And uh, wrote a song about it.
1: That's nice. And, and the, the album that it was on, too?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Great song. Uh, Elvis Presley was born in a shotgun house. Oh, yeah. in uh, Tupelo. Yeah, Mississippi, which is where I have family, actually. And uh, Aaron Neville grew up in a shotgun house, the incomparable and muscly
1: Man, that guy is and mostly. moley, yeah,
0: Mole mole mole. <laughs> but boy, man, that guy can sing, yeah, like a bird.
1: Look at his face. <laughs> Pretty good, Aaron Neville. Yes, yeah, yeah. me. Um, shotgun houses are making a resurgence too. By the way, are they building thing. them again? Yes, there's this thing called the tiny house movement. Oh, yeah, that. And the whole idea of living modestly in a house you can afford that. um Grants a very small carbon footprint. Yeah. Shotgun houses fit that bill.
0: I like the tiny house thing. I think, I, I think actually Emily might have written an article about that. Is that right? If I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it was me. Somebody did. Somebody in our family did. Because I remember it. <laughs> I remember it happening. Was it Buckley? <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah, Buckley wrote it. Um, you got anything else? No. Go, you know, seek out local historic landmarks that might be easily overlooked when you're angry in traffic.
1: Yeah, and when next time you pass a shotgun house, like, stop and look at it, and you'll see some pretty cool little details to it. Ask him to open the door so you can shoot a gun through it. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Man, that was a reversal. I was like, no, don't do what Chuck just yeah. said. Normally, it's <laughs> the other way around. Uh, and if you are ever in Atlanta, Chuck and I always recommend going to the uh, King Memorial Center. Yeah. The uh, place where he's buried, where the Eternal Flame is, and all of the surrounding area. Um is like a living museum. Yeah. Like preserved houses. It's just awesome. One of my favorite parts of Atlanta, for yeah. sure. Um, so if you want to learn more about shotgun houses and see pictures of shotgun houses, you can type the words shotgun house, two words, into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and that'll bring up this article that I wrote. And I said search bar, which means it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, Josh, I'm going to call this Beastie Email. Yes. Uh, hey, guys, did you did you read this one? No. Um, I just listened to the Music Sampling Podcast. Uh, we got a lot of good feedback on that, by the Man, way. Man, everybody loved that. That was, was a, a good call,
1: good, good Chuck. And
0: a lot of people offered up, like, people that know way more than us offered up a lot of cool insight.
1: Yeah, we kept getting called out for not mentioning Girl Talk. I've never heard Girl Talk, so I don't feel bad.
0: Yeah, but everyone, we know about Girl Talk now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, guys that just listened to the Music Sampling Podcast wanted to say how great it was that you featured the Beastie Boys so prominently in the show. Thought I'd share a little story of when I met them during their 1987 Licensed to Ill" Tour in Las Vegas when I was 15. Right. So this girl must be my age because I saw that tour and I was about 15. Wow. Right. They performed in a concert hall on the UNLV campus, so it was easy to get to uh, the area where their tour bus was.
1: Because I lived in the bleachers.
0: They were inviting every female they saw back to their hotel for a party. <laughs>
1: Including course. 15-year-olds? Jeez! Well, dude. they were
0: only like 18, 19, 20.
1: Still. Well.
0: I know, but you get to be 40 and you're like, what's the big difference of five years? Man, that's a big difference. 15 and 19. No, no, no. Trust me. I'm just saying it's not like they were like 15, 20 years old. Right, I'm with you.
1: All right.
0: I'm I'm defending their pedophilia. (laughs) Uh, By the time we got there, the party had taken over the ninth floor and had already been shut down. Uh, We got to say hi to MCA before being escorted away by security for curfew violation. But I was determined. I skipped school the next day, went back to the hotel, basically casing the joint. I ended up finding MCA, who remembered me from the night before.
1: I said, howdy. He said, hi. <laughs> very nice.
0: <laughs> Boy, you were waiting on that one. Yeah. Uh, I ended up spending the whole day with the guys, chatting, playing arcade games, walking over to a Seven Eleven with a very hungover Ad-Rock, and even helping load their bags onto the tour bus. Uh, they were only 19, 20, and 21 at the time. Very unassuming. So they weren't getting much attention. Uh felt like a little sister tagging along with their super cool older brothers. That
1: is very cool. Uh,
0: at one point, MCA offered me a tour of the bus. Uh, we got on, and he closed the door and said, Now we cannot do all sorts of things that you're going to tell all your friends we did anyway. He was really hysterical. So he was like, he was still a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, and he's like a Buddhist now, isn't he? Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, unfortunately, I had not thought to bring a camera with me, so I have no pics. I, did get I their no get autog- documentation that <laughs> any of this happened. No, she does. Oh, yeah? Um, I did get their autographs, but the only paper I had in my jacket was uh, old school Snoopy Valentines I had bought to give out friends. I still treasure my three Snoopy Valentines, each one with their autographs, and she sent pictures of
1: them. That's cool.
0: Uh, I stayed until they left uh, around six at night. I naively asked MCA if he would write to me. He answered with an honest no and gave me a very sweet kiss on the cheek. <laughs> Uh, I loved it that they have continued to rise in popularity and are given the respect of being true innovators in the field. For sure. That is Allie Smith, and she got kissed on the cheek by a very sweet
1: sounding MCU. And all you 15 year olds out there, you better be at home sleeping. Yeah, don't be hanging out with 21 year old dudes. Especially not the girl talk people. Are those guys or girls? I think girl talk's a guy. Steer clear of that girl talk dude. Yeah. Um, let's see. What do you want to call out for? Hmm. Do you live in a shotgun house? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess, yeah. If you have like a house with an interesting history, we did that one. Yeah. But uh, let's do it again. Oh, boy. Um, if you live in a house with an interesting history, or you've hung out with the Beastie Boys, we want to hear those. You can uh, write to us at, uh, let's see, you can tweet to us at podcast, that's our handle. Facebook.com slash you should know is us on Facebook. And you can send us an email at stuffpodcastdiscovery.com. At
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?